Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And gents, boys, girls, welcome to episode 185B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr., and I promise we'll get back to the guests on uh, Thursday this week. Um, Got some great ones coming. I know I say that, but it's been a uh, lazy Christmas holiday break after uh, a couple of months of long... uh, hard work well we had lots of fun in, in Sudbury shooting Shorzy but it's hard to be away from my daughter and all that so I've been taking advantage of being around friends and family and kind of <laughs> well it's either I put this out or I don't I was going to take a two-week break right but I figure for those diehards that want something to uh listen to over Christmas a lot of podcasts aren't taking place right now they're all taking breaks so I figured why not answer a few questions you're nice enough to listen might as well give you a few fucking answers to the questions you so desperately seek to have the answers to by the way thank you very much to my man Kevin K man Reed for inviting me to Whitburn Newfoundland about a 45 minute hour drive from St. John's for a three-on-three tournament. We had a good time yesterday. We ended up losing in the semifinal in a shootout. 12-minute games all day, right? You play five games and then playoffs. And um, it's an annual thing that the boys have. I've always wanted to get in on it. It's a lot of fun, and it's festive. And uh, not everything requires drinking. During, you know, I didn't have a beer. I just had a great time. And um, I find I often talk about my weekends and, you know, uh, situations that I might be in at green sleeves or bars downtown uh, often get together with the guys beers are involved but I often don't talk about the same sort of situations that I, I, I don't drink at that can be a lot of fun I know a lot of you listeners either quit the booze or just never started in the first place so in relation to y'all I can uh, the reason I don't do it sometimes or I mean I like hangovers I, I hate them but if they didn't exist I'd probably drink a lot more. So situations like yesterday went up with the boys and just had a fucking awesome time. Um, Thanks to, I think our name of the team was by the Bay. Uh, Anyway, that area of Newfoundland from Whitburn out to Clarenville. I know a lot of played for the Clarenville Caribou's 
for uh, a couple of years in senior hockey. Great spot. We hosted the Allen Cup about five or six years ago. Clarenville won the Allen Cup. I wasn't on the team, but they won it in 2010, I think, or 11. Anyway, just uh, an area of Newfoundland I don't talk about enough because I have great friends there. Played hockey there for a while, and uh, thanks, thanks again to Kevin and Mason Reed, the brothers Reed, for inviting me. Two dandy hockey players, I tell you that. Uh, okay. Here you go, some questions. Plans for the new year, Big Daddy Beef in Kamloops. Well, Big Daddy Beef, I'm going to be out your way. I don't know when, but I am planning. I want to get back to Quinell. I want uh, Quinell, BC, that is. I, I think about four or five hours north of where you are, if I recall correctly. I would drive to Kamloops a lot. When I played in Quinell, the closest destination to watch a WHL game was Kamloops. Now they've sensed the Western League added Prince George. When I was there, it was Prince George moved from Victoria when I was 16. So when I was 17, 18, 19, the Prince George Cougars were there. Of course, I was playing in Tri-Cities and just loved it. Cologne is another awesome junior hockey destination. I mean, I know all of them, but I, I used to go back in the summer and stay in Kamloops and stay in Kelowna, Penticton area, the Okanagan, and uh, go back to Quinell. So I, I love the area. So uh, Big Daddy Beef, Keith. Point is, I'm looking for a reason to get back, and I think I've solidified a few speaking engagements that area. Then I'm going to go down and hang out with some buddies in Vancouver and make a trip of it. So first of all, keep an eye out because that's one of my plans in the new year. Another plan, hopefully we do season four. The word is good. Show's doing well. I've heard only good things, but, you know, these things don't get announced right away. And Kiso's had so much on his plate with Letterkenny and fucking Shorzy and all those. I mean, he writes a lot of He writes entire seasons. So I, I would think... If I was him, I'd want a little bit of a break. I can't see us going back in spring to film season four, but maybe the fall, you know. So Shorzy-related things are definitely in my plan for 24. Another thing, we might tour and do a bit of a charity. Like, I'm not sure yet, but uh, like, in a, like when I do those charity NHL alumni games, we might do the same with Shorzy, you know, because we're all hockey players. So maybe take the Blueberry Bulldogs on the road um play a local team something like that i know those talks are in the works i do believe at some point it'll happen i'm just not sure if it'll be 24 hopefully it is so those are two possible things the uh filming of shorzy and maybe playing some shinny against a local team near you as far as the podcast goes uh look i I plan on pretty much doing the same thing. I mean, I, I don't know. They, they, people seem to enjoy it. Guys, if you don't like something about this or you want to hear more of something, I've recently gotten some uh, texts or, sorry, DMs um, and texts from my buddies and stuff saying, you know, they want me to talk about music more. But I feel like I'm alienating people if I only talk about music or only talk about hockey because I know I have a wide array of people that listen. And... Yeah, I, I, I take constructive criticism well, generally, if it's actually constructive, if it's not uh, a troll job on Twitter or something. So let me know if you want something any different. The plan is I'm going to put out one early in the week, one later in the week, and the one later in the week will have a guest as usual. I'm going to be on Jason Greger, the podcast, or his podcast, yes, but his radio show on Sports 
1440, which metamorphosizes into a podcast after that. Um, but yeah, I do a show Mondays and Thursdays from three to five in Alberta, six thirty to eight thirty here in Newfoundland, and there'll be a little more and more. I'll be able to sneak in the extra hour, so, so three to six. I want that extra hour because if you're in Alberta and you're listening, a lot of people probably get off at five. And so the five to six hours probably where you'd rather me if you want to hear from me at all than the three to five. So, and I know that, and, and Gregor has asked me to do that. It's just like, I'm so busy that usually Penny Lane or I have something or my own podcast or whatever. So I only committed to the two hour slot, but I'll be doing a lot more and I'll be out that way. I'm going to speak January 26th in Banff, Alberta. I'll be heading up to Edmonton after that. Um, for I'm just want to visit the studio. I mean, I work on the show in Sports 1440. Spend some time with Connor and Jason and all my friends out that way, which there are quite a few from the Western League days. And uh, I got some family out that way. Always love Edmonton, Alberta in general. There's a lot in common with Newfoundlanders on top of uh, I just played junior hockey there and have a lot of relatives there, actually, and friends. So I'll be there. Uh, and I know I'm going to head down to Hershey, Pennsylvania, or Binghamton. Sorry, Binghamton. There's a hockey fundraiser there in April. Um, I forget the exact dates. Just look into it. It's it's um, it's raising money for cancer, I believe. But uh, if you keep listening to the show and follow me on Instagram, I'll have updates on that real soon. We're just uh, solidifying the uh, odds and ends right now and the deal. But I, I will be there. So if you're in that area, Binghamton in April, uh, stay tuned. Um, I have a few more speaking engagements lined up. Um, I believe I, I might be in the... Boys and Girls Tournament in PEI in the summer, golf tournament. That's a lot of fun. Last year I had to miss and the year before, but the previous 19 or 20 I'd been in. So hopefully they have me back. My buddy Billy McGuigan, um, I believe, is going to figure that out. So I'll probably be in that tournament. And um, oh, I'll be in Moncton for the Hockey Heroes Weekend. That's always one of the best of the year. That'll be at the very beginning of June. That's a fundraiser, so if you're around, bring your wallets and bring your whatever, bring your books. I'm, I'm, you know, I love conversing at those things. There's a lot of great hockey players and good people in general, and we have a hockey tournament over three days and raise a ton of money. Last year, it was just a hair shy of a million bucks, So, and that's for the Heart and Stroke Foundation, and so that goes a long way. So those are just some of my plans. And of course, my daughter's, uh, you know, she's really, she's heavy on the soccer scene and she's a great player. She plays on the provincial team and her team here in Mount Pearl, they're all real close. And I like to go to every game, every practice. It's time that slips away, right? Uh, like George, like uh, Bruce Springsteen says in Glory Days, you know, time slips away and leaves you with nothing but boring stories of glory days right and i realize that she's somewhat living hers now or at least on the precipice of those i'm not saying i'm she's going to go pro or anything i mean that would be great or if she could get a scholarship but that's not what i'm saying 
I think sports are important growing up. I've been very adamant about that. I think the team environment teaches you something and sacrifice and leadership. And there's just so much. I've often said it, a sports dressing room uh, emulates. It's a microcosm of real life. And those who are successful within the confines of that room and that team and that sport usually will be successful out, successful outside of that, right? Whether it's blossoming a, a blossoming broadcasting career like Biz Nasty or, or Wayne Gretzky. Look at those two opposite hockey players, both played in the NHL. But now they use that, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure playing hockey and being interviewed so much and having to be a bit of a role model and a leader, that spills over into other areas. I know lots of friends that are running their own companies, you know, hosting their own events and doing things like that, broadcasting, firefighting, heads up a uh, shout out to Steve Bosse, you know, that tough guy. He's going to make a little cameo in Shorzy and he fought Morasti a lot. We fought a lot of guys in the Quebec Senior League, one of the toughest leagues on the planet. You can make an argument it was and is the toughest, really, I think, right now. And uh, anyway, you know, he's a firefighter. My buddy Mark Tobin, firefighter. Jordan Nolan, one of the gyms, firefighter. Right. So, uh, and, and I guess that, that, you know, the attributes it takes to be a firefighter, you know, be good on a team, good leadership, have, have be well spoken to a degree, you know, to your friends and to people that, you know, might, you're a public figure. So, you know, being well spoken, I guess, helps you in whatever you're going to do. But I do believe hockey's good practice because even if you're a fourth liner, you know, you don't, there's, if you're playing pro hockey, there's lots of games each year. If you're playing in the NHL or pro over here, it's 70 or NHL is 82. I think the A is two. Every pro league in North America is way up there from 60 to 82. And so you're out, you're just in, in all practices and being a f public figure. It doesn't have to be the NHL. It could be the Roanoke fucking rebels or the Colorado gold Kings where I played their defunct, but you know what I'm saying? It could be the Florida Everblades. You know, but in that little community or, or, or city that you're playing in, you know, you, you have to be a bit of a leader. And I really do think all those things come to fruition when you're leaving the game and uh, embarking on something new. And by the way, I, I, I've got to say, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll incorporate this favorite sports moment of the year. And that is Jimmy T in Tucson, Arizona. Wants to know my favorite sports moment of the year. Man, there were so many. I, I really, I, I know I'm leaving some out. Uh, if, and I just opened this and, and got to my questions. I really, I guess, could have done some research because I know I'm going to forget something. But what were some of my favorite things? Connor Bedard, uh, not not the draft and not the Chicago and all that stuff, and, and his great start to an NHL career, but his World Junior for Canada. Uh, he he really dazzled. He did everything. It's not easy to come into those things and with all that pressure and excel, right? I mean, even the best NHLers go in slumps. Austin Matthews has 29 goals, leading the NHL by a landslide in on pace for like 70 or 80 of them, right? He's got almost a goal a game, and he went six games, was it, seven without scoring a goal? So that happens. If it happens in a tournament, you look like a chump, right? What's a World Junior Tournament? Eight games maximum. If you, you make the playoffs and do all that, so yeah, they you know it doesn't always translate, and you could be the best kind of player, just don't get the bounces. But here we were watching as a nation for 
And I always love the World Juniors. Going to watch today. The game just started, actually. I'm going to go back to it after I do this pod. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I love watching it. It's And you see a lot of the kids, not just the Canadian team either. I mean, I want fucking Canada to win, obviously. But I like watching the – like, Sweden beat them the other day 2 nothing, right in Sweden. And, you know, I don't. I know Canada have – like six guys in the NHL, we always have the most that are up. I mean, imagine, let's just say Fantilli and fucking Connor Bedard. Just two of them were on the Canadian team. That would change things quite a bit. So we don't have that one gun, but we seem to, but Celebrini's right there. But we've got a great team. And to beat a great team, you have to have a great team. So Sweden, although I would have just as soon see us beat them, they beat us 2 nothing. Great prospects. The U.S. Czech game went to a shootout. That means that all these guys are on the precipice of an NHL career, most, and on the good teams anyway. And fuck, man, there's some exciting players that we're, we're about to see. So I love watching it. It's my little preview of guys that are about to come. A lot of players in the NHL now, uh, as far as me, my personal experience goes, I, I picked them up first in the uh, World Juniors. I don't tend to read prospect lists all year long maybe the top guys but i just have too much to do uh if i have to do it for research for the gregor show or something i will but otherwise my first taste of the young kids coming up uh as far as you know scouting and whatever and and being on the radar hockey wise it's definitely the world junior so that was a real real great moment it was almost a year ago but it was in 2023 and qualifies i love that messi went to miami and joined MLS, and I really hope that it brings more eyes. I I played soccer growing up. I have more of an affinity now that Penny Lane, it's her main thing and, and her main focus, and she loves it so much. So we watch a lot. We watch a lot of highlights, and, you know, for her and every other young player coming up, it probably is better, is, is a good thing if the MLS gets better and better you know right here in north america but if you don't know what i'm talking about you know where if you don't watch soccer or football as a lot of people call it overseas as most people the real name (laughs) uh, i call it soccer just for lack of confusion with the nfl but um anyway you know the best the best leagues are generally i would say overseas but anywhere other than North America. Uh, We've got some good soccer. I won't say great. We've had our moments, but obviously as far as, you know, the best teams in Europe had come over and I think average teams in Europe had come over and crushed the best teams over here. But we have had um, my two favorites that came over. I mean, people come over every year and play and it's, I mean, not pushovers by any means, but I think the best over there, well, as you see from Messi, would dominate, and they and he did, and they do. But uh, you know, I loved when David Beckham came into the league with LA. Uh, he was all, you know, he was a great. I think overrated in some areas. Not that I'm dissecting his fucking game. He was a, one of the a bended like Beckham, one of the best kickers ever, and had a reputation about him. And yeah, well, a, a great fucking player, a great player. I, th- I think Messi again is more dynamic. Beckham. A lot of his highlights were, you know, long kicks, shots, or passes, and he's great at it. I'm just saying, Messi adds, the, adds this level of 
Like he's he's so dynamic. And Messi had just won the World Cup and been the World Cup MVP a year ago now. I think it was December, right? November maybe, just just over a year ago. So he was coming off that, goes to Miami. I mean, no no one in my world could believe it. Was excited to see if he'd deliver, and he did. And I'm guessing brings a lot of new fans to the sport over here. So I just loved watching it. Again, I'm not this major, huge, diehard fan of Messi, but I got nothing to bad bad to say about him. And I think making that decision to come to Miami really helped soccer in general in our neck of the woods here and, uh, you know, all of North America, basically, or at least the U.S. and Canada. Um, Oh, and what I was going to say early, my friend Maggie Connors from St. John's, Newfoundland, being drafted to Toronto in the PWHL, and she's about to make her professional hockey debut tomorrow. Good luck, Maggie. We're really excited and can't wait to watch the game, and good luck to you in your career. Hopefully this league takes off and um, the girls have a suitable professional league that we can all follow to play in. And uh, good luck not only to Maggie, but to everybody involved. Really exciting thing. Um, Hey, TR, what do you think of Vegas winning the cup? Did they have it too easy? Zach in San Antonio. No, man, they didn't have it too easy. There's 32 teams in the NHL. I assume by that question you mean that when they came in, the draft... The expansion draft rules maybe favored favored them a little more than it did in by say in the early nineties with San Jose and Tampa, for example. Um, but I'm I don't want to dissect it too much. I don't know. I know that there's still cast offs of other teams, right? So when they started, they made the Stanley Cup final that year. What what what's that three or four years ago and they won the cup last year? What what an amazing start for a franchise. But still, no, I don't think um, too easy, Jesus. First of all, the Stanley Cup playoffs aren't too easy. It doesn't matter who you are. You could put, you know, add Crosby, McKinnon, and and company, McCarr, to the Oilers, and they'd have McDavid and Drysdale and all those stars. Put them all there. It's still not easy, man. You got to win four rounds of four games. So the minimum you can play is 16 games, which is almost an entire NFL season. And it's real, and it's the... the, the the level of play goes through the roof. I really think that from regular season to the playoffs, the NHL has the biggest difference, explosion in physical play and, I don't know, adversity on the ice. The 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 level of care and desperation that players play with in the playoffs in the NHL is way different, man. And I know people might say, well, there's less fighting. Uh, there is, but last year there was even fights in the playoffs. There is less, but it happens, and there's definitely more tenacious play. It's harder in front of the net. The corner work is way harder. I mean, this goes for any sport. Or, sorry, sorry. This goes for any level. I could say that about senior hockey. I could say it about the Southern Professional fucking league. When I won in Orlando in the Atlantic Coast League, on one fucking leg, it was it was not an easy run when we got to the playoffs. We didn't lose a game. We went undefeated. We were stacked, but it's still not easy to play hockey and to get there. And the NHL, four rounds of that. Fuck, man. So that part is not easy. Then I guess maybe they had it easier, but Vegas do things a little bit different too, right? They made a lot of trades. They they got Eichel out of Buffalo. And look what happened, right? They signed 
guys, they fire coaches on like, they have a very short leash with players and coaches, but whatever, whatever it takes. I don't know. I'm looking at it. They're doing pretty good, but too easy. No, even some of the decisions that they, that helped them weren't easy to get rid of Gerard Gallant when they did. Are you fucking kidding me? I wouldn't have done that. Um, even to get Eichel, all that bullshit they had to go through and then with doctors and everything off the ice and, you know, I, I don't think any of what Vegas does is easy. I just think they're really efficient at running a hockey team. I mean, the 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 the, the, the you might say that they were were gifted too many players when they came in, but I disagree. Well, look at the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. So when the Vegas came in, they had no Matthews or Marner or. Oh, fuck, Tavares or Riley or, God, Nylander. I'll go down the list. They had nobody like that to call their own. They had no superstar. It was a bunch of cast-offs and draft picks. Right? Now, the Leafs haven't won since 67. I'm not shitting on the Leafs. And for all you Leafs fans out there, fuck, I hope you get your day soon, man. I At this point, I'm a hockey fan in general. I'd love to see a Canadian team win. But, you know, so obviously they made into a Stanley Cup final and they won been to a final, and won a cup in their five years of existence? That's fucking nuts. Right? When other teams... So, so whatever they did with their blueprint is fairly... And they're doing well again this year. So I just think that's it's a combination. Of course, you can't make something out of nothing. But in other words, some of the players that they started with were already established, probably more so. I don't even remember the rules in the early 90s. Or specifically, I just know that a lot of people talk about Vegas and Seattle coming in uh, with, you know, uh, a, a better chance to be successful than other teams before them. But look at Seattle again. They don't look great this year. Well, they don't look good this year. Um, so they came in with the same rules. I mean, I, I don't know. I... I got nothing bad to say about Vegas. And, and you know, them winning, I think, is a great thing. For an expansion team to go to Vegas, all eyes on Vegas. I mean, Vegas is, what are you going to say, the party capital of North America, the world? You could make that argument, right? It's definitely in your face. You know, the, 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 in, in, in North America, where it's where all the, the most of the celebrities hang out unless you're going to go to Hollywood Hills and walk around. But if you're going to go to one distinct place that was almost created for a show. I think it pretty much was, you know, it, I think it's great. I do. I think it's helped the game. Um, look at the Pat McAfee. Is it show now? He's up and coming ESPN. I really like his stuff. He loves hockey. He talks about it all the time. Now, I, I don't know. Things like that, right? That that might not be directly Vegas, but like when, when Wayne Gretzky went to L.A., all of a sudden, within years, there's teams in, there's not only NHL teams in places like San Jose and, I don't know, Anaheim, right? Um, but Arizona, but there's, and, and on and on. Uh, Tampa Bay, on and on. Um, but that really helped. Well, by Vegas, you know, Gretzky, I mean, that, that the movement really brought hockey into a lot of people's lives in the state. So I think Vegas winning kind of did the same thing, and you're seeing the ripple effects, 
right? When you see Stephen A. Smith fucking talking about it. Anyway, I could go. I, we, I could go down this rabbit hole forever, but I, I, I think they should get every bit of credit for winning, and in the Oilers division too. Jesus, with the boys sitting there with McDavid and Drysaitel to work with, and so much more. You know, I can go down the list. Nurse, and you know what I'm talking about. Nuge and all that shit. I, I don't need to name everybody. I'm just saying. The blueprint the Oilers have had, and they've had it longer than Vegas, and Vegas consistently beat them, as they did in the playoffs last year, as they have this year. I don't know, man. So to do that, hats off to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it's 27 minutes in. Last one, Cyril in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, best goalie tandem I ever played with. Well, I tell you this, we had three in Fredericton, Montreal's farm team, in uh, – 97, 98, or 98, 99, and it was 98, 99, and it was, or 99, 2000. Fuck, I get mixed up, but it was Jose Theodore, Matthew Garan, and Thomas Bocoon, three guys who I think became NHL All-Stars. Theodore ended up being the Vezina Trophy winner, the Hart Trophy winner, the fucking MVP of the National Hockey League. Are you kidding me? And these guys were on my team just like a couple of years before it, so we went with three, and they all we're NHL All-Stars just shortly after that. And the funny thing is that the guys up in the NHL were Jocelyn Thibault and Pat Jablonski. So those guys were, yeah, it was almost worked at, like, I think we had, the of those guys, we had three of the best in the minors, which is weird. You have five goalies over. I mean, I'm sure we had guys in New Orleans that I can't remember and I'm not thinking about that might have been great. Uh, Martin Villeneuve was one. It was tough to crack the Montreal Canadiens roster if you were a goalie back then. Tough to even be in the AHL. You could be great. Anyway, I could go into that forever. My daughter's calling. Just one second. Hello, Penny Lane. What is it? One sec. Yeah, okay. One second. I can. I'm just on the air. I'm finishing. I'll call you right back in two minutes. Sorry about that, folks. I guess I could have pressed pause, but I didn't, and I don't have any time. That's Penny Lane. It's New Year's, and I was going to go out with the boys, but I'm going to save myself a hangover. Penny Lane and I are going to order a pizza, go up in Signal Hill. You guys know where that is. If you're anywhere, if you've ever visited Newfoundland or in and around St. John's, you know where Signal Hill is, and we're going to go up there. It's a high, a very high hill, not quite a mountain, but a very high hill in St. John's, and it looks out over... Um, St. John's, and you can kind of see all the fireworks. If we don't, if it's packed, we'll go up to an area in Shea Heights, I know, which is another elevated community that looks down. You can kind of see all the most of the fireworks that happen in town, and I think it's a better decision as far as hangovers go. And Penny Lane wants to; she's pretty excited to do it. So that's it. It's a pizza and some fireworks for me tonight. Maybe a James Bond film. I've been watching those. I'm right in a row. Like I'd watched some. I, I had watched some out of order, but now I've, I've started and I'm like twelve in, and I gotta say I'm loving it. Even the cheesy ones I love. I'll get that into that next podcast. Thanks for listening. If you're downtown St. John's, Newfoundland, go to. If you want to have a beer, go to. Actually, if you just want to have a good time, get a lot of you don't drink, but you still go to the bar and indulge in. Um, social a social situation indulge uh, take part in society 
If you're in downtown St. John's and you want to take part in society, if you want to visit nice restaurants and bars, I would start with the Bull and Barrel, Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Martini Bar, and of course, Green Sleeves. If I was going to go for a bite to eat specifically, I would go to Loose Tie, Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe. Wedgwood Cafe also do catering. I want to work out. I want strength and balance for the body and mind. I look no further than power conditioning. Ryan Power, power conditioning on Ropewalk Lane. Two locations of Mr. Loop folks in St. John's. One's on Torbay Road. One came out road. Chris Sparks, one of the best athletes of all time from St. John's, in my opinion. Go see him. Live, laugh, lube. Torbay Road, came out road, that is. Live, laugh, lube. And, of course, Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com. See what all the fuss is about. I use them almost every day. True Hockey, take what's yours. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. I'll be back on Tuesday, and then I'll be back on Thursday with some more great stories from an awesome guest as we kick off 2024. Folks, thank you very much for listening. Catch you.